was I supposed to have a flag today? Cause I'm not seeing it. And I do see a couple of other neighbors with their flag. And so I read this message and I'm going to tell you right then my brain, I had these thoughts of how could she miss this? Why isn't she being responsible? She knows better because we've taught her better, better. And I'm wondering to some extent, what does this customer think this new customer think about her parents? Who's allowing a child to run a business, right? Like, is there this reflection on me and what they think about my own parenting? Are you sick and tired of your life and relationships being so difficult, resulting in that endless frustrating cycle of directing, correcting, and ordering the people in it, ultimately draining you of your happiness? So how are people like you and I, who care and are willing to invest in our relationships, people who are willing to take ownership of our behaviors and actions, how are we able to make the changes necessary to create intentional relationships? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Lindsay K. Porter, and welcome to Enlightened Relationships. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Enlightened Relationships. I am excited to be back with you this week and to dive into some more content around well-being. And this week, we are going to focus on our parental well-being, what that looks like, things that we can do to continue to improve our well-being as we interact with our children. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Do you tend to find yourself too busy trying to get your kids to do what you need or want them to do that you are exhausted multiple times throughout your day, you know, with all of the ordering and directing and correcting? Or maybe do you see your children as something to deal with that you tend to have a lot of guilt of how you are doing it wrong? You know what I mean? Like, ah, another parent fell, right? Or maybe are you constantly frustrated with the way things are with your children and what you think they should be? I'm going to tell you guys, I, with four children, have my own way that I can relate with each of these dynamics when it comes to parenting. And all of these dynamics take a hit on my well-being. So. Between each of my kids and their various activities with their friends, developing talents or interests that they want to explore, and different church activities, school activities, it can get very overwhelming shuffling it all. And today, I really want to share some truths with you when it comes to parenting that may surprise you while giving you permission to take a breath with your parental well-being. So I'm going to ask you, I want you to take what you hear and ponder upon it. Really just get still within you and discover the truthfulness of it for you. I'm going to share three things with you today. And the first one is, and this is, might be a tough one, but the first one is your children don't belong to you. They are on loan to you. Who do they belong to? Really think about this. 
based on my own personal beliefs, I believe that my children are on loan to me to have this earthly experience, but they truly belong to a loving heavenly father and heavenly mother. That is the belief that I have. I am the vehicle or the means by which that is giving them this earthly experience. And here's the truth of the matter. Your children are here to have their own life experience, this journey. They're not here to please you. They're not here to do things your way. And they are here to help strengthen you in your ability to love unconditionally. Based on these things that they're not here to do, and if you can go with me in understanding that they don't belong to you, that you have a beautiful responsibility and accountability as your role as a parent. And I kind of want to dive into that really quick. What is your role as a parent if your children don't belong to you, right? So generally speaking, these are, I'm going to just give you three things here. Your role as a parent is to provide for their basic needs. What does that look like? Providing food, water, shelter, clothing, ensuring safety, right? That is their basic needs. That is your ability to provide for them, okay? Here's the other thing that I believe our role as parents is, okay? It's to teach them, to guide them, to share the standards, the behaviors, the manners, the the moral beliefs, like all of those things to share with them through our teaching and our, most importantly, modeling, okay? I'm going to say this. Parenting is not about do what I say, not what I do. That's not the approach for parenting. I'm going to tell you, that approach will tear down relationship. It doesn't build it up. You know, (laughs) our number one job is to love our children. That is our job. Okay. We're meeting their basic needs. We're teaching and guiding because obviously they don't have the life experience at this point in time but they will as they continue to navigate the day-to-day of their life through the loving guidance and teaching that we as parents can provide. But I'm going to say it again. Our number one job is to love them, okay? I often ask myself, in the way that I'm showing up with my child in any given moment, is this showing them love? And there are times, you guys, because I am a human being with a human brain, that it doesn't look like love. And that's where I got to really get heart-centered about what it is that I'm doing and how it is that I'm showing up and what is best going to serve them and really continue to build rapport in our relationship as parenting. And I want to get clear here because I think that there might be some resistance that might come up when I talk about building relationship, okay? I, I am not saying that you are to be besties with your children. You have a role as a parent that does include instruction. It does include teaching. It does include guiding, helping them figure out how to respond to life. You know, I'm going to go back prior episodes. I shared like, really, what is your objective of parenting? If you don't have a clear objective, now is the time. Get clear on what your objective is as a parent, right? Mine, I can share with you, my husband's and my objective in our parenting is truly to raise responsible, 
independent, God-fearing children. That is our job. And if I'm doing everything for them, not only am I taking a hit on my well-being, I'm not serving them for their greatest good in their becoming process. Okay? So I'm going to share here one of, one of my own personal stories on this as part of modeling and teaching and guiding. Okay? I have had multiple times over with each of my children, actually come to think of it, maybe not my little guy yet, but I'm sure it'll happen. It's just a matter of time. I have had experiences where my children have received birthday party invitations that happen to land on a Sunday. Okay. Now I'm not wanting to get into an argument around what's Sunday worthy activity or not, but I have a belief around keeping the Sabbath day holy. And what holy looks like between my husband and I of how we're raising our children, that's where we continue to align and to check in with one another. Um, But keeping one day of our week really dedicated to the Lord, you know, to participating in our church activities and, and doing family activities at home and maybe even doing some means of serving of those around us. When I say serving, I'm I'm talking like bringing someone a plate of cookies. We've done that times before maybe sharing a meal, having someone into our home to share a meal with them, like whatever that looks like for you. But one of the things that I have taught at my husband and I have taught our children is really around their Sunday activity and being part of like what we do typically Monday through Saturday doesn't necessarily equate to Sabbath worship or Sabbath activity. Um, And so these children have all, again, besides maybe my little guy, have received birthday party invitations to participate in a Sunday. Now, as a mom, some of these come through email or through Evite on a text message where my kids would have no visibility whether or not they got invited. They would know no better. And I could easily um, ignore the text, you know, whatever it is, I, I could do that. But here's the thing, part of my process in parenting, part of my identity as a parent is really to give them these life experiences for them to decide what is good or not good for them. So I choose to share the opportunity. You know, my husband and I have raised our children in which we talk about what Sabbath activity is. Like we we teach this. This is part of the guiding. You know, what what is my standard and whether or not they want to live a similar same modified standard. Like that's all in their brain in their experience. And so I give them an opportunity to make the decision for themselves. And I will tell you Each one of them have struggled with the decision because they think of two things, the fear of missing out on on an experience. They really want to do that. What fun might they miss out on? And they just want to be around friends. They want to be social, right? So they have this dialogue that goes on inside of them that they really want to participate. Now, each one of my kids thus far has made a decision to not participate. I will tell you, it has gotten very creative to the point where I think my it was my son who was invited and really wanted to go to this party. I think it was at one of those jump trampolines that he was going to be able to go to. And so he really wanted this experience. And I was just like, buddy, like you got to make the decision for you. I can't make the decision for you. He's like, well, what if you take me and then you know, pick me up later. It's not inside our, of our church time. And I, what I shared with him, I said, but based on my standard of living my Sabbath day, me taking you there is not staying in, in that place of honoring my Sabbath day. And so my son was like, okay, 
well, what if I ask Nana and Papa that, you know, they don't believe the same things that we do. So what if I ask them to take me? And I had shared with my son, I said, you could do that. That's definitely a possibility. And if you have an awareness of what is right or truth for you, whether someone else believes it or not, do you think it's something that's worth asking, right? Like really think about it. If you know for you that this is what the Sabbath day should look like or what we believe it should look like, do you think it's it's good to ask someone else to take you on something that doesn't align with that? Again, I just posed the question. My son processed it. In the end, I think each one of my children have said, okay, I, I want to keep the Sabbath day holy. You know, we'll, we'll go to church. We'll do all those things. And maybe we can have them over for a play date another time. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's do that. But here's an example of allowing, and I'm going to just tell you guys, again, I could have controlled that, right? I could have just deleted the things, the invitations, and I didn't. I wanted to give them an opportunity. I have been asked, what would you have done had they chosen to go? What would that have looked like? They would have gone to the party and then I would have asked questions about how was their Sabbath day different for them? How did it feel? Did they feel like they were missing anything? Was it the same as how they feel on their Sundays that we experience at home as a family? I would ask the question so that they could get curious about the experience they had and see what kind of experience they want to have on their Sunday. That's what I'm talking about here. Giving them an opportunity, especially in these in these circumstances or these situations where maybe there's not a lot at risk. So they're practicing how to make decisions and learning from those experiences. Okay. I could go to my other story. I love this story of my daughter where she was getting so frustrated that her brothers continued to go into her room and mess with her things when she was away at school. And she had just had enough. And so I was like, well, what can you do about again, asking her? And so she's like, well, I'm going to put a sign that says, stay out of my room. I'm like, okay. And here's the thing. I knew my boys were not capable of reading. (laughs) And I knew that her approach to this solution probably wasn't going to work. And I went along with it for her so she could have the life experience. So she could learn and grow from it. Well, she created the sign. She said, stay out of my room. No boys allowed. She taped it up on her door. And lo and behold, when she came home from school that day, her door was open. Her things were gone through and nothing was resolved. And she was mad. Why did they go in? I posted the sign clearly. They shouldn't have been in my room. And I said to my daughter, why do you think they went in your room? Like, what do you think? You have this toddler child, you know, sibling, and one that's just starting to go to preschool. Why do you think it didn't work? And so she thought about it and came to the conclusion, oh, it's likely because they don't read. (laughs) And I'm like, there you go. Yeah, they probably didn't even know what those words were on this sign that you had posted because they don't read. So what else can you do to resolve this? And this kind of leads into my point, the second item I want to share with you today. But she came up with, I'm going to lock my bedroom door. So she locks her bedroom door. We have a little key that can go into it to unlock it when she gets home. But that's what she did for an extended period of time until these boys got tired of trying to work on the handle that wasn't going to open and let them in anyway. So allowing them their life experience so that they can learn and grow. So here's the second thing. Your children's results are not a reflection of how good of a parent you are. In fact, 
work on unhinging yourself from their results. What do I mean by that? I mean that your children create the results that they live in. And it is not a reflection of you. If you are too connected or too attached to their result, you are going to experience a lot of pain because here's the reality of it. They make their choices. They have agency. They decide what they will or won't do. And sometimes if they don't agree with you, they can get really good at sneaking around what rules you have in your home. So really work on not being hinged to their results. Okay. This is something I like to ask myself often, and that is whose problem is it? If my child is living in a results that they don't like, sometimes instead of me stepping in, similar to the stories that I shared with you, I really got to understand whose result is it? Whose problem is it that needs to address? And I'm going to share with you a couple things here as well. I have my oldest child who created a flag business in our neighborhood. She puts up a U.S. flag in front of the neighbor's house that sign up with her 10 holidays out of the year. In fact, you guys, if you're wanting to show some responsibility or your kids are interested in making some money, I'm just going to say this has been a very good experience for us. It does take work and it does take effort because we got to put them up and take them down, but it's a great way for your kids to get innovative and creative with how they can bring money in and earn money. And it teaches them different aspects of business and responsibility. We had, I think there was a post in our community Facebook group where someone was asking, where can they get a flag? They see these flags around the neighborhood. They were interested in getting one for their own home. And so people usually have tagged me on that, knowing that it's um, those customers that know it's my business. So my daughter sometimes throughout the year gets an influx of new customers. And during this time, like she's operating the business. She does the engagement with the people, with the customers, potential customers or not, right? Like she's running this. She asks questions when she needs it. And sometimes we guide her through some things just from a learning experience, especially when she was just starting this up. So (laughs) she had the experience of getting some new customers. Well, one of these new customers did not make it on her list. Okay. She forgot to add it to her route list. And so on this holiday, her home, this customer, new customer home was missed. And I remember we were sitting at church and I got a text message and I um, knew it was a new customer um, because my daughter, she doesn't have a phone. She uses my phone to do the back and forth um, conversation. So I knew it was one of her new customers. And they asked the question, like, was I supposed to have a flag today? Because I'm not seeing it. And I do see a couple of other neighbors with their flag. And so I read this message and I'm going to tell you right then my brain, I had these thoughts of how could she miss this? Why isn't she being responsible? She knows better because we've taught her better. Better, And I'm wondering to some extent, what does this customer think, this new customer think about her parents who's allowing a child to run a business, right? Like, is there this reflection on me and what they think about my own parenting? Like those thoughts were there. I'm not going to lie. Those thoughts were present. The difference is, is whether or not I attached myself to those thoughts and created an experience or an interaction with my daughter that probably wouldn't have served either one of us. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't. What I did as a parent is I handed my phone over to my daughter so she could read the text message. And she looked at me, eyes wide. (gasps) Oh no, how did this happen? And I asked her, let me know how you want to handle this. And so she's like, mom, do you think that we could quickly set it up 
when we get done with church? I'm like, absolutely. And so that's what we did. As soon as our time at church was done, we set up the flag. We went to her home. She responded that in text message and she apologized and even offered to give her a credit for today's service. Now, this woman was very kind, very gracious and understood, um, knowing that she was new and she said, no worry about the credit. And she's just grateful that we'd come and get her flag up. So she had the experience. She created a plan and handled it. I'm going to tell you, it was a lot less stressful for me when I didn't have to step in and take care of it for her. Here's another example. We have had, I'm sure many of us have had distant learning with school given 2020 COVID outbreak, right? And so I have one of my boys who was going to school and I had each of my kids in a different zone of the house. So it was a little disrupt, less disruptive. Well, the room that my son was in, I wasn't able to oversee. Actually, I didn't oversee really any of it besides my kindergartner who sat out in front of my glass doors in my office so I could watch him because the school experience was totally new for him. Anyway, so during this process of distant learning, I get an email from my son's teacher stating she noticed he was turning his camera off for extended periods of time during instruction time and wanted to bring that to my attention to see what was going on. Maybe there was a problem. She wasn't sure. So she was engaging with me. I read this email and again, have these thoughts of, oh, great. Here's this teacher thinking I'm not parenting or I'm lacking in my parenting. Like these thoughts came up and, and the thought of why would my son do something like this? He knows better because I've taught him, right? Again, trying to put this reflection of son's behavior back on me. These are very human thoughts, you guys. But instead of going to those thoughts and attaching myself to them and creating this drama in my world and under my roof of my home, I take the message and have my son, actually I had my son come into my office and read this email. And as he was reading, I was just watching him, observing him. And I could see the wheels processing like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm caught, I'm in trouble, what's going to happen? And you know, I could see the worry start coming up. Even some of the the flushness of his skin started to appear. So I asked my son, how would he like to handle it? Because this is a him problem. This is a problem that's his, not mine. I tell my kids each time, I've already done your grade. I've passed it. I've moved beyond that. This is your opportunity, your learning. And I tell you, it really frees me to be connected with me and less of the stress of everything that's going on with them because this is their life experience for them to learn and grow from. And so again, I'm going to go back to this. I asked my son, how would he like to handle it? And he shared with me, he's like, mom, I'm turning off the camera because I want to have snack. I I bring snacks into the room so I can eat them through the class. So I turn it off so I can have the snack. And I said, okay, so what could you do instead? He's like, well, I could wait until our break time. I'm like, absolutely. That's a possibility. What are you going to do? I'll just wait to have my snacks at break. I'm like, okay, let your teacher know what was going on. Then how do you want to respond back to your teacher? She's concerned, right? How do you want to respond back? And so he wrote up an email response. I typed it because I'm a little faster typer, but he dictated to it. He dictated the, the words for me. And that's what I sent to the teacher. I didn't make this outreach, a problem or a reflection on me and my parenting, rather really getting clear whose problem is it? 
It's my son's behavior. This is something he needs to think through and address. And I just want you to notice how it can be handled in a way that doesn't take away your peace and get you sideways in your parenting with your children. I'm able to build rapport with my kids. And when they need to bounce things off of me, they need to consult, if you will. They have that outlet with me and their dad all the time. Okay. So number three, you guys, and I'm going to try to make this quick because I know that this is going long, but number three is all around self-care. I want you guys to really embrace and understand. In fact, let me ask you this. When you are going on a flight, those in-flight announcements that come up, one of them talks about putting on your oxygen mask first, putting that mask on first before you help anyone around you, whether it be an elderly person, a child, your spouse, whomever, right? Put your oxygen mask on first. Why do you think that's so important? Why is it important that you take care of you first? What I've come up with is it allows us to be able to give and serve more around us, to help those around us. We actually have to meet our needs first so that we can give more, serve more, do more for those around us. If your buckets are empty, if they're depleted, and I'm speaking from my own personal experiences, I don't show up my best. I'm short-tempered. I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. I'm angered, quick to anger. Like all of those things happen when I'm not taking care of me. And I tell you, each and every one of you, your job is to take care of you, is to meet your needs, is to make sure your buckets are full, not just once a day, but throughout your day as you need it. When you start feeling that drain, when you start feeling that lack of energy, when you start feeling like something's missing, when I observe this and I'm starting to get more irritated, when I'm not feeling at ease, I'm feeling uneasy with things, I'm noticing that my buckets are going on empty. And so I have to do the things that are really going to help raise my energy and get me to that place of peace, joy, love. And so be intentional with your self-care. Be intentional. Identify in advance what is your your things that really re-energize you. Maybe it's taking a nap. Maybe you need those cat naps throughout your day. Maybe it's reading, learning something, discovering something. Maybe it's going for a walk, a hike, swim. Maybe it's listening to music or this podcast. (laughs) Whatever it is. Maybe it's meditating and getting still. Whatever it is for you, find your way that you recharge, okay? Your way in which you can take care of you so that you can show up for your highest good and for those you love the most living underneath your roof, right? So figure it out in advance and create your plan of action. Your go-to thing that you do when you feel your energy dipping, okay? Taking a dip. That is so important, you guys. If we're not taking care of ourselves, the way we show up with our kids is going to look very different, again, from my own personal experience. Okay, so to really improve your parental well-being, the three things that we talked about today is embracing the fact that your children don't belong to you. They are on loan to you for their own life experience and journey. And as you establish rapport in your relationship, 
They will want you to be part of this experience. Number two was your children's results are not a reflection of you. Allow them to experience the results of the decisions and actions they're taking and understand it is their result, not yours. Okay. And finally, take ownership of your self-care because you will be able to give more when you are paying attention to you. Okay. Now, really quick, if you are having a relationship problem or there's something that you continue to struggle with in your relationship, whether it's with you, a spouse, a child, and you want some support with creating solutions, I would like to invite you to participate in a free group coaching call that is happening tomorrow on June 17th. Make sure if you want a spot, make sure you reserve your seat for Ask Lindsay. Again, that is happening tomorrow. And the link to reserve that spot is in the show notes. I hope to see you there. And I hope you have a fabulous week. Who is your relationship coach? If you don't have one, I would be honored to be your coach. I created a virtual program called Enlightened Relationships Academy that I would like to invite you to join me in, where we address challenges, work on your goals, and together create the life and the relationships you desire. When you are ready to take what you are learning on this podcast to the next level, then come check out Enlightened Relationships Academy at lindsaykporter.com forward slash E-R-A.
a child, and you want some support with creating solutions, then I would like to invite you to participate in a free group. I would like to invite you to I would like to invite you to participate in a free group coaching call that is happening tomorrow on June 17th. Make sure if you want a spot, make sure you reserve your seat um, for Ask Lindsay. Again, that is happening tomorrow. And the link to reserve that spot is in the show notes. I hope to see you there and I hope you have a fabulous week.